Hello, this is the podcast for worship from January 19th. We begin with prayer. O Lord, your word is indeed life to us. May we receive it with joy and let it shape our lives, laying aside all which would crush it or choke it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In our scripture reading for this morning's uh, podcast uh, comes from Mark. Uh, we uh, do a reading from the first chapter of Mark, which will be our theme verse throughout this uh, period of time in Mark. And then we'll go to chapter four. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Again, Jesus began to teach by beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He began to teach them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it all up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly since it had no depths of soil. But when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. When he was alone, those who were around him along with the twelve asked him about the parables. The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that's sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root and endure only for a while. Then, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket or under the bed and not on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor, any, nor is anything secret except, except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given you. For to those who have, more will be given, and from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground, and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds in the earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Planting seeds is an act of hope. Those of you who farm or raise gardens or flowers know this. 
Each spring, we put those seeds into the soil. Maybe while we're planting, we imagine the crop at its end. If you're a farmer, you imagine corn and soybeans filling bins and elevators. I imagine lush tomatoes and crisp lettuce on my tomatoes, on my table. Some people imagine beautiful flowers surrounding their home. At the time we plant, we have high hopes that those seeds will bear fruit. But the reality is we never really know what sort of year it will be. Maybe the rabbits will eat all of your peas and green beans and Japanese beetles will get what's left. Or maybe floods will wash away your field as happened last spring. Or maybe this year will be a bumper crop. Those are the kind of images Jesus is using to talk about the kingdom of God. In all of us who have at one time or another been part of the church, and in many of those who have not, the seeds have been sown. In the same mysterious way of all seeds, we never know exactly what will happen with that seed. Sometimes it never seems to bear fruit at all, at least fruit that we can see. Other times the seed bears vast amounts of fruit. But what does it even mean to bear fruit when the seed of God's word has been planted? Actually, a pretty good list comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians. The fruits of the seed are the same as the fruits of the Spirit within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's look at this mystery of planted seeds, seeds in a more concrete and timely example. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King's, or today is Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, day, and so it's a timely example, but I'm going to go back before him. And I'm going to say, first of all, that I believe God doesn't just plant seeds in Christians. So I'm actually going to start our tale with Mahatma Gandhi. Born Mohandas Gandhi to a Hindu family in India in 1869, seeds were planted very early on by his Hindu mother. He was also profoundly shaped by the Indian classics he read, which led him to identify deeply with the virtues of truth and love. Other seeds for him were planted when he lived in South Africa and experienced the discrimination against people of color there. Gandhi would go on to lead a movement of nonviolent resistance against British rule and oppression of the Indian people, and he would also, uh, his movement would also work against discrimination by caste and gender. Gandhi believed that what he called the love force or the soul force was more effective and more powerful than brute force. His nonviolent movement eventually led to the end of British rule without war. The movement also improved the lives of women in the so-called untouchable caste in India. His work influenced Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday we celebrate today. Seeds from the fruit Gandhi bore took root in Dr. King. The basic idea of Gandhi's love force or soul force is expressed in one of Dr. King's quotes. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Dr. King's nonviolent civil rights movement led to the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. It brought about the end of the discriminatory and hateful Jim Crow laws that oppressed African Americans. It was the beginning of the end of racial and ethnic injustice, a battle which continues this to this day. Any time we see a more just world emerge, a world where all of God's children can thrive, we know that a seed of God's word has taken root and grown. That's how the kingdom of God unfolds. A beautiful example of love winning over hate happened in Lincoln just this past week. After a vandal painted a swastika and other graffiti on the front of the South Street Temple, 
An outpouring of love and support washed over the B'nai Yeshurun congregation, which worships there. A GoFundMe account was set up with a $5,000 goal for repairs. Within 24 hours, the GoFundMe account was over $12,000. That's the seed of God's word bearing fruit. And honestly, it doesn't much matter what religion, if any, those who responded were. God's word has been sown lavishly over all kinds of ground and all kinds of people. We can always look forward to being surprised in whom that seed takes root. So let's bring this back to us. We may never be the next Martin Luther King Jr., but the same seed that was sowed in him was planted in us. That seed is growing in you. Maybe you can point to times when you've seen it. Maybe places in your life where you've grown or had a new insight. Anytime you express those fruits of the Spirit from Paul's letter to the Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, anytime you practice one of those with another, that seed is bearing fruit. Sometimes we get a definite sense that that seed is just waiting to bust out and bear fruit. Sometimes it already has, and we're waiting to see what's next. That seed is what gives us our sense of call. So how do we nurture that seed? Well, the first step is to recognize that it's in fact God who nurtures it. God's spirit within us nourishes that seed. Our role is to put ourselves in places where we can better connect to that spirit and that nourishment. Worship, hearing God's word, receiving Christ's body and blood and communion, all of those are important in nurturing that seed. Prayer and meditation are especially important. In times of quiet reflection and meditation, we become more in tune with God's presence within us. We become more aware of the seed planted in us. We become more aware of our connection to others and to all of creation. And somewhere in those depths of silence, we will hear God's call to whatever fruit it is we are to bear. Your call may not be to follow in Martin Luther King Jr.'s steps to take on in a big way the persistent bits of systemic racism in our culture. I hope that at least in some small way, that is a call for all of us. But for sure, God is calling you to something, even if it's simply prayer for a specific situation. In the absence of prayer and some form of quiet time, we can't tune in to that God within us. And then we're either far too likely to jump into action that's completely wrong or that actually opposes God's kingdom, or we get burned out battling evil on our own. On the other hand, in the absence of action, the seed bears no fruit, and prayer and contemplation simply become an exercise in narcissism. As we learn to foster that connection, be prepared to be surprised. The emerging, emerging kingdom of God is not always predictable. The, fruit may not bear, the seed may not bear the fruit that we expected. And be prepared to see the kingdom, not just in large things, but in small things. The mustard seed, the baby born to a peasant couple in Bethlehem, the broken man on the cross, who to all appearances was an utter failure. We tend to be drawn to the loud, splashy, big, strident. But the way of the kingdom is often more like a tiny seed growing in the earth or a child growing in a mother's womb. Be prepared to see the kingdom emerge in small acts of hope. And you can trust that God is nurturing the seed in you and calling you to something. Be brave and take a step in faith, even a tiny one. To quote Martin Luther King Jr. again, you do not need to see the whole staircase to take the first step. Amen. In your prayer time this week, I would encourage you to just take some times of just just silence. Don't uh, don't try to offer up wordy prayers. 
just uh, take some time to uh, meditate. And I would invite you uh, to meditate on this sense of a seed growing in you, even maybe plant that image in your mind as you uh, take a few minutes every day to meditate. Imagine what that seed's doing. Imagine it growing. Imagining what, imagine how that seed might bear fruit. What is it that God is calling you to? Um, don't necessarily expect any real obvious answers, but as you're persistent with this kind of meditation, uh, some sort of an awareness will likely grow within you. Uh, thanks for listening and have a, a blessed week.